Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to A Current Affair here on the podcast. Today we're going to do something a little bit different and something that we might not have as a society fully embraced or really understand and the opportunity for families in the Leitrim area to learn a little bit more about the idea of home education for your kids is happening on Tuesday morning in the Ardcarn Garden Centre at 11am. And I'm joined by Gwen Murphy to tell me more about this event on Tuesday, but also the whole idea and concept behind home education. Gwen, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Brefney. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. So Gwen, tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved in the home, whole home education field. Okay, yeah. So, um, well, my background is actually I'm an early uh, school leaver myself, um, who then went into um, back into education as a mature student. And uh, in my fourth year of my degree, um, one of my lecturers pulled me to one side and actually asked me if I would consider being a tutor for his children who were homeschooled. Now, I didn't even know this lecturer had children. Um, I certainly didn't know that they were homeschooled and I didn't know anything about it. Um, I had a lot of misconceptions about what home education was. I didn't know what I was going to be meeting. Um, But I met two wonderful children, worked with them for years, and this is what brought me into the homeschool movement. So you would describe yourself as a homeschool tutor? That's right, yeah. yeah. I work with um, homeschooling families. So what exactly does homeschooling entail, Gwen? Okay, well, just to give you a quick definition, home education is basically family-led, home-based education. Um, it's an age-old educational practice. Um, it's been around a lot longer than um, state-run education has been. The basic idea is that the base and the primary educator is the parent rather than um, the state or the state-run school. So parents can either have that as like a tutor like myself that comes in, they can unschool, they can come together to form an educational co-op. There's a lot of different ways that people home educate but the basic idea is that the parents has taken charge of the education rather than the school now there would be a lot of preconceptions i'm sure people are listening to this screaming at their phones or or the internet kind of saying (laughs) but that's crazy my child needs to be around other kids or needs to get that experience of going to school what are mm-hmm. what are the pros? Maybe we over the next few minutes we might go through some of the pros and some of the cons sure. for and against yeah. um, why parents might want to do this and why other parents might mm-hmm. not want to do it. But see if we can find some sort of middle ground on on the whole subject. So maybe oh, let's start with some of the positives that you found or in your experience about being homeschooled. Okay. Well, first thing I would like to say is just that legally in this country we tend to have our idea the wrong way around that the it's the state school that the child has to go to and they can't take you know there's a lot of trouble with taking children out in fact it's the other way around that the state or the law recognizes the parent as the primary educator and it's the parent's choice whether or not they want to send their child to school most parents avail of the option of sending their children to school but some parents decide that for whatever reason, school's just not an option that they want to do, so they decide to take the child out. The main three reasons for taking a child out are um, academic, social, and uh, moral. So um, research that has, but most of the research now has been done um, in America, where there's a huge homeschool movement for the last 30 or 40 years in America. And 
what has um, become apparent through the years of research that's been done over there is that home educated children on the whole tend to do better academically. They tend to be better socialized um, and they do better later in life as well. Um, they're happier in their life, they're more civically engaged and they're better prepared to enjoy life. Now, one of those things you mentioned, I just want to ask mm. a bit, go a bit deeper on it, and that is the, sure. the fact that they're better socially. Like, surely taking them out of that social environment is not going to be a positive for them socially. Yeah, this, you know, it, it is one of the biggest misconceptions about um, home education. Um, the first question that a lot of home educators face is, well, what about socialization? Um School tends to be the primary social platform for most children. Um, and because of that, there can be a misconception that this is the only way that children can be socialized. It may come as some surprise to realize that children who don't go to school are actually um, managed in some way to get socialized. The socialization that takes place out of school um, tends to be a more natural socializing. They mix with children from a wider different, uh, wider age group. They mix with adults. Um, homeschooling parents tend to be more active in making sure their children are involved in different activities. For example, uh, meetups, scouts, um, all these, these different activities that take place. And they also have a more of a chance to engage in activities that they're really, really interested in, like music lessons, ballet lessons. They have more time for these activities as well. And what about the structure of a day? Because I know I know myself, and I'm sure other people will be listening to this kind of saying, as a parent or as a, an adult, that mm. if you're given that freedom of not having to have your nine-to-four structure in your classes and your rooms and your facilities that you might mm -hmm. just go, oh, do you know what, we're going to take an extra long lunch today and then all of a sudden ha a full day <laughs> becomes a half day. And it, and who put, who minds that? Who looks after that side of things? Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, um, that, that freedom um, that you're talking about, which is another name for that, that freedom that you're talking about is one of the things that attracts some um, homeschooling um, families or some homeschooling parents um, into home education. Um, uh, one woman that uh, I used to work for in Dublin, she's like, when her children, she, she had children in both in school and, and out of school. And when her children were in school, her whole life the routine of the family had to revolve around the routine of the school like when they went on holidays when they went away all these things revolved around the school but when the children were outside of school and um they were in this i said more natural nurturing environment of the home its own rhythm manifested and appeared to itself now inside that then each family then decides for themselves how much structure they want inside of that. So some parents um, will set up school at home and they find that that works very well with them. Um, I knew uh, one woman, she was the parent of five children. I know another woman, parent of seven children. Both of them set up a home school um, at home and that worked very well. And at the other end of the spectrum, you would have unschoolers where it's complete free reign for the children on what they want to learn. Now, on the latter, I had misconceptions um, about this latter approach, but 
um, the family I worked for in Dublin and their cousins, one had a tutor, me and the other were completely unschooled. Now, both boys are studying physics in university, one in Queens and one in Trinity College. So the approach and how much freedom they had didn't seem to make much difference to the academic success of either lad. In terms of academic success, because most people want mm. their kids to be successful in whatever they, they mm. go on to do, is it... I'm guessing the answer to this already, but is it possible for <laughs> a child who's been homeschooled to still participate in state exams? How does that whole yeah. process work? Okay. Well, so the first thing to say is that homeschooled children um, tend to do not just a little bit better um, academically than children who've gone through a mainstream school. They do significantly better across the board. Um, they can also, as you said, then go on to set state exams. So there are many options for going on to third level um, education here in Ireland. Uh, one option would be to just go to the local um, secondary school and um, apply to set the Leaving Cert. Um, other students go in through um, QQIs, they go in through back as a mature student. The VEC, um, adult education classes, A-levels, GCSE, they go to the United States or America, which are both now actively recruiting home-educated children because they know that these children are self-directed, passionate learners. So there's many options for third level. I can see so many benefits to this, particularly I'm not a fan of structures myself, and you get yeah. that freedom that you spoke about to to really yeah. engage in community Completely personalize the program like i've worked in a classroom i was talking to a teacher a retired teacher yesterday we um we were actually we were doing a bit of work together uh we just met and it turned out that both of us were in education and we had this fantastic conversation and she's just retired and one of the things that we were talking about is that school does not suit everybody and as she said herself, at the end of the day, school is an institution. Now, this is coming from a woman who, who loved being a teacher, who loved working with children. So at the end of the day, it's an institution. And some kids absolutely do wonderfully in education and they are in, in mainstream education. They love school. They love going to school. But others don't do as well. And for those children that don't thrive in such a structure the freedom that's offered through this other method absolutely um is of benefit for them um a girl i'm working with at the moment um she's gone from in six months or so she's gone from being a cd student in school to being all a's and b's now just from not having to go into school Okay, now, again, you need the right person working with you. A lot of it comes down to who's actually supervising this, who's driving mm. it. In a lot of cases, as you mentioned, it's it's a parent or a tutor. Yeah. Say a parent yeah. is interested in this. Do they need to yes. have qualifications? Do they need to hire a tutor? What's the practical element of this from the parent's point of view? Yeah, you need um, no qualifications whatsoever. Now, this tends to come as a little bit of a surprise, and I can hear, again, people kind of getting fidgety in their seats. Surely you must have some sort of an, uh, a qualification if you're going to be teaching um, your children. So there's two points to say in it. One is that um, in terms of teacher qualifications, like, they're, they're, they've done there's been meta-analysis and everything done on this separately to homeschooling in in america which is they have not been able to identify any connection between um teacher training and being a good teacher now 
this is not to say that there aren't good teachers out there. There are absolutely fantastic teachers out there, but it's just the teacher training doesn't seem to to be what what uh, causes that to happen. On the other side of it, um, there is a huge amount of evidence that shows that regardless of educational background, regardless of teaching qualification, parents make excellent teachers. And the reason for this is that they really, really care about the students that they are teaching. Um, they want the student to learn well. There's this personalized approach again. And what parents do, if they don't know how to do something themselves, they can look it up. There are so many resources out there now online. It's incredible. Or get a tutor in or maybe talk with other parents, come together to form a co-op. There's a lot, a lot of different ways to do it. But the, the state regulations um, on all of this recognizes that um, parents make good teacher and says that it, parents do not need a, a, a teaching qualification in order to do this. So when this obviously isn't going to be for probably most parents and most children, sure. but there are some, as you mentioned, that the system just doesn't work for. So remind yeah. us of this event on Tuesday morning in our Cairn Garden Centre and how people can get in touch or reserve their place or is that even required? No, there's no need to reserve a place or anything. Just show up um, on the day. Um, as they, they could, it's there. They're, hopefully, there'll be like there'll be a mix of those that are home educating us already and those who are interested in home education. Um, I'll be going through some of this research, some of the, the legal standing, that kind of thing, and then throw it open. And they're you know, they're free to ask me questions or any of the other home educating parents that are there. And in that, I'd love, I'd welcome anybody who's who's home educating um, in the area to also come along and because the best thing is and uh, was for me as I said at the beginning to actually see this thing in action that you see that it it's just a really really good way of doing things. Perfect well listen Gwen Murphy from the Home Education Network in Ireland a home education tutor yourself at the very I just like, sorry I'm not actually from the Home Education Network myself just in case I get in trouble with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I'm an independent tutor who, okay. who, just with a passion for this area perfect well listen the very best luck with your event on Tuesday morning and I'm sure it will suit some members of our community perfectly uh, the Love very best luck thanks there. for joining me Gwen okay thank you very much now for something a little bit more festive and thoughtful I'm joined by one of the elder statesmen of Trumshambo, and we had Noel McPartland on the show last week, but someone who's not even quite in Noel's vintage, uh, Dennis O'Brien. Welcome to the programme, Dennis. Thank you. Now, Dennis, I want to talk about a nice story that you've been kind of quietly going along with for the last 15 years or so in terms of lighting up your house around the Christmas period. And a couple of years back, you decided you were going to make a bit more of a spectacle of it and try and raise some funds for charity in the process. Why don't you tell us about the whole experience of, of lighting up your house at Christmas? Well, I started off with the grandchildren. And, of course, uh, they lost interest as they got older. Mary Morton was down... Mary McEwan, sorry, was down the road from us. And she was with Simon, so I said I'd give it to Simon for... We got it going. How do people make donations? Is there a little collection box? Well, there's box? a donation box on the, at, the door, at the gate... And do you find people kind of driving up and to have a look coming out of the way? All the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so tell us about where it started originally, 15 years ago. What kind of investment has it taken from you? Like, how many sets of Christmas lights do you own? 
<laughs> or a hundred. A hundred sets of Christmas lights, because yeah. most people have that fear of opening the Christmas lights from last year that have been bundled back in a box, and they have to sort them out and check the light bulbs. Yeah. That must be a huge task. How long does it take? Well, they're all LED lights, so I have no problem now. They're either gone, they're either working or they're not. And you can just replace bulb by bulb. You don't have to no, go through the full no, sequence. No, you don't. You don't replace anything. You're jump the string. Oh, not very, not very uh, environmentally friendly. But we let you away with that because it all is native. Well, I, I do send them over to the council and all. <laughs> In terms of what the whole benefit is for, you mentioned Simon Community, and you did it a couple of years ago for the Simon Community. Yeah. You've picked a different charity every year. That's right. Yeah. What other charities have you done for over the years? Uh, I don't say man, I don't so much, and then I do Northwest Hospice last year. And then this year you've picked uh, uh, St Luke's Hospital in Rathgar, which yeah. is obviously yeah. uh, for, for patients who are struggling yeah. with cancer. Yeah. Tell us about why you've picked that particular institution. Well, I met Mary Rilland on holidays. She was telling me that she had a she's not well that she that she had um, cancer, and I said, "Look, Mary, I." putting up the lights at Christmas, then I give it to you. So she rang me about a month ago and said that, uh, did I mind if I'd done it for um, St Luke's Hospital? So I said, it didn't make a bit of difference to me as long as she was happy with it. And in terms of how people can get on board and support this, you're, you're turning the lights on tomorrow night, so you must be at frantic. At six o'clock, yeah. You must be frantic, kind of getting all your bits well, and pieces ready. Sort of under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, people listening to this today is Saturday, as people are listening to it. So it will be this evening if people are listening to the show. You look at me very confused. We're recording on Friday, yeah. but the show will go out on Saturday. Yeah. So if you're listening to this as the day comes out, six o'clock. Is it open to anybody who wants to come along? Anybody that wants to come, and the kids, I have a set of lights that the kids can walk into and look out. Fantastic, and. Tell people where this is. I know you probably should be telling them where people where you live. It's on, on, the, hill, the, on the Hilly Road. On the Hilly Road. In 41P932. <laughs> Given that the air code and everything. Yeah. I have a stupid question to ask, but how will people know it's your house? <laughs> the one reason. <laughs> After travelling the Hilly Road. Yeah. I can't see too many. There's uh, a Nash 3 about 30 foot high and it's, there's 25 sets of lights on it. How much help have you had putting it all together? Uh... Well, the sun came down yesterday and had another land and we got a cherry picker of Northwest and we done the ash tree. It sounds like a big operation. Uh, it's a fair bit of work. Do you enjoy it though? I do, yeah. Look at my age, right? <laughs> it keeps me happy. And are well, Maureen helped me out though as well. Are you a big fan of Christmas, Dennis? Ah, yeah. Would it always have been a special time in your life? Uh, no, no, not really, no. What would be your memories of a Christmas growing up in Leitrim? Because obviously you're originally from Leitrim Village, no more than myself, and you moved to the Shambo a couple well, of years I tell back. You, Sandy didn't bring a lot anyway. <laughs> I moved to the Shambo 50... Oh, yeah, she killed me if I can't remember. 55 years ago. Yeah. And what are your memories of Christmases 55, 60 well, years ago? Well, they were very quiet. and There was none of the... Nothing like what's going on now. Uh, there was the dance Christmas night, of course, which uh, the bare floor, which was <laughs> the highlight of it, nearly. <laughs> Either Drumshambo or Ruski. So, and then you were dancing several nights a week then for the Christmas, or the Christmas period. Would you get out dancing much anymore? Not really, no. The old back is giving me two or three. 
Could you still able to get up on a cherry picker and put lights no, up on a No, Christmas I didn't tree? go on the cherry picker. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much for coming in. Remind us again, it's on the Hilly Road at yeah. 6 p.m. Yeah. today as people are listening to this on Saturday, yeah. the 30th of November. The last day of November, yeah. And the lights will be on all through the Christmas period until... They'll be on until the 6th of January, so every people... night from about dark until 1 or 2 o'clock. Now, I know you've done this before. What's your electricity bill like in February? Not too bad. <laughs> they're LED lights. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're yeah. energy efficient, yeah, at least. they're energy efficient. Well, listen, Dennis, the very, very best luck to you tomorrow night or tonight, as people are listening to this. Uh, at 6 p.m., you turn on the lights. Have you, who have you got lined up? Will the big uh, man himself? Oh, Mary and uh, Mary Rillins and uh, the Leitrim Garage Man of the Year. No, no, he, no, he's popping up everywhere. He, is this <laughs> uh, I think it's he doesn't enjoy it, though. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> he hates being the centre of attention. Um, but listen, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I yeah. hope you the, wish you the very best of luck, and I hope Santa's very good to you. Do the grandkids still yeah. get, still show up and give you a Christmas present? Oh, they always show up. Lots of socks. A good few of the come on Christmas Day, too. Lots of socks for yeah. Christmas, is it? Uh, well, uh, yeah. well, there's not socks anymore. <laughs> Here's your chance. what. <laughs> Here's your chance now. What do you want for Christmas from the grandkids? Nothing. Nothing, just to Only show up. a bit of love. Absolutely. Well, Dennis, I think that's such an important message as well. Thank you so much for everything you've done for all the local charities. Yeah. And now you've picked, uh, for Mary Reynolds' benefit, you've yeah. picked uh, Luke's in Rathgar. It's a fantastic Yeah, well, uh, Mary picked that now. Yeah, so thank you so much and very best luck tomorrow. And for the, the next five or six weeks, as the, thank you very much. As the crowds thank come to the hilly road. Oh, the, the next five or six years. <laughs> well, we worry about that. Uh, Joe uh, jo knows my age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Went to school with my yeah. with my father back. Not not today or yesterday. No, no. no. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Thank you so much to my two guests, Gwen Murphy, about home education and her event on Tuesday morning in Ardcarn Garden Centre, and also to Dennis O'Brien, who's having a lovely Christmas this year with all the neighbours and. The whole town of Dumshambo probably coming to have a look at his Christmas lights. They've raised thousands of euros for very good causes in recent years. And he hopes to do so again this year for St. Luke's Hospital in Rathgar in Dublin. Thank you so much to you for listening in. I will be back tomorrow with Kiss My Arts, where we're off to a very special day in St. Hugh's National School in Dowra. They're going to be telling us all about their new book, Fire on the Mountain. Talk to you then.